Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AOA. Thanks so much for joining us, letting us be part of your day. We always appreciate that. Here's what we're going to be talking about. Ag groups continue to watch closely the spending and tax proposals in Washington, D.C., and whatever may get passed will certainly have great impact on agriculture. A lot of concerns about what's going to happen on the tax side. We're going to talk with the Secretary of the National Association of Wheat Growers, their thoughts on What's being proposed concerning stepped-up basis? Looks like it may be protected, but don't know for sure. What changes could be coming with the estate tax? A lot of these uh, tax issues are very, very critical to agriculture. We'll talk about it with the Secretary of the National Association of Wheat Growers. We're going to talk harvest and markets with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. And we're going to talk with Paul Winters with the National Biodiesel Board. The National Biodiesel Board is trying to talk with EPA Administrator Regan. They want to have a conversation with him and talk about the benefits of biodiesel and how it uh, can help uh, as far as meeting these climate goals. So uh, we're going to talk about that with Paul Winters with the National Biodiesel Board. So all that coming up. But let's start things off with a look at the news. Todd Neely with DTN is with us. Hi, Todd. How are you? Good Mike. Glad to be here. Um. All right, so the National Biodiesel Board wants to talk with Michael Regan, the EPA administrator. Still waiting to, they're still waiting to get to some uh, answer to their request on that. Meanwhile, though, Michael Regan has been speaking, and he says he is uh, proposing to restore regulations defining waters of the U.S. to those that were in place before the Obama administration's 2015 rule could be issued by November, with another proposal redefining WOTUS to follow a year after that. So um, it looks like we'll find out soon what this administration wants to do with WOTUS. But I thought he had some other interesting comments saying that any new regulation must also provide clarity and certainty for farmers. Well, I think many farmers feel that the rule we now have, this new rule that's in place now, provided that clarity and certainty. They weren't asking for yet another rule. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's kind of interesting because you're right, you know, through all of this dating back to 2015 and the, the Obama rule, um, the one thing that, that farmers have wanted is certainty. And that 2015 rule did not do that. Um, the Trump rule that came out uh, definitely got a lot, a lot closer. And so, uh, you know, we had a number of agriculture groups. We had a lot of state level regulators saying it was a better rule. Uh, and I think people are frustrated right now in agriculture because the Trump rule did get to uh, at least closer to a place where, uh, you know, farmers might have some idea as to what was going on and what is jurisdictional waters and what isn't. Um, and so it's, it's really hard to imagine how, the, how a new rule could be any more clear than what uh, the Trump rule was at this point. Yeah, nobody's saying the Trump rule is perfect, the one we have now, but it's certainly by most accounts, much better than the uh, the controversial 2015 rule. Now, could this one be improved? Certainly it could be. But uh, I think most would say they are skeptical that an- another new rule is going to be that much better than the one we've got. In fact, there's probably more concern that it could go closer back to the way it was with the rule they didn't like. Yeah, I think so. You know, and, and one of the aspects of this is that, uh, you know, no one's really talking about the role of Congress and all of this. You know, it it is a possibility for uh, for lawmakers to go back and uh, actually give some guidance, maybe in some legislation or something, as to what they'd like to see. You know, we've had a lot of court precedent that's been set on this on this issue, a lot of things that have gone back and forth. You know, even up to the Supreme Court, uh, and no administration's really been able to nail it down all that close as to what, you know, the, the Clean Water Act says about waters of the U.S. Uh, and all the definitions that seem to come out uh, seem to either go one way too far to, you know, to one side of the pendulum or one too far to the other side of the pendulum. And so um, I think, you know, Congress could have a role to play in this. I, I don't see that that's going to happen. But I do think that, 
you know, at least the rule that we have in place at the moment, the Trump rule, at least it, uh, you know, it got closer to making things a bit more understandable. And, um, you know, I think a lot of farmers and ranchers, they, they clearly want to follow the law. You know, it's part of their business. It's what they do. The water quality is very important. Um, and if they have to hire lawyers to really understand what the federal government is asking of them, that's not a good way to be. And it just seems like there's a push now for more and more government involvement, more and more government control. And I think that is a big concern for farmers. And they're, I think, would be afraid that, that this new WOTUS rule would be another step in that direction. That was the criticism of the 2015 rule, that it was a, too much power, a power grab by the federal government. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about this before. I mean, there were some situations where an interpretation of the 2015 rule uh, basically had entire states. I think Iowa was one of them, uh, where nearly every every inch of ground in Iowa was considered possibly a water of the U.S. And, and obviously, I, I don't think that's what was intended by the Clean Water Act. I think, uh, you know, that's been up for debate in court, obviously, as to what's a navigable water and, and what is covered. But um, I, I highly doubt that it, it really had much to do with land use and that sort of thing. And I think that's where people are most fearful that a new rule might go back in that direction. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Secretary Vilsack says he'll be announcing new steps on agriculture and climate very, very shortly, but he didn't have uh, really any details yet. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they come out with here. We keep, we've keep we been hearing about this for some time, these uh, ag programs that are going to meet climate goals or help agriculture meet climate goals. It'll be interesting to see what these the details for these will be. Yeah, absolutely. I think on the surface, most of us think that uh, when you talk about climate and ag, you're talking about more conservation and all these other things. But uh, I suspect we're going to hear a lot more in terms of uh, energy usage on the farm, um, you know, a lot of other directions. I think one people might, you know, some people might be a bit concerned about, uh, you know, when it comes to methane gases. You know, we've heard so much over the years in the past decade or so about, uh, you know, cattle and, and methane and methane emissions and that sort of thing. And I think that's definitely a, a direction people don't want to go to see any kind of regulation on that front. Um, but, you know, here we are. I mean, we're at a point where I think uh, USDA probably could uh, provide some some good uh, some good programs for farmers that be quite effective and quite helpful. Um, but I guess we just kind of wait and see what the details are. And quickly, we're also waiting to see the fate of the infrastructure bill. Word is now that it the vote on it could be delayed. Yeah, Mike. Uh, I think we were set for a vote on Monday in the House. Uh, the latest is that it, it might push back into early October. Um, and honestly, I don't understand what the delay is. I mean, this is a bipartisan bill. I think it's about a trillion-dollar bill, and it uh, can help a lot of people. Um, so I don't know. I guess we just wait and see what happens. It, it seems yeah. to be one of those I think obvious that, no-brainer things. I think the delay is the attachment to the other $3.5 trillion that uh, uh, is being proposed in spending as well. I think that's a, sure. a big concern. All right, Todd, All right. good to talk with you again. Thanks a lot. Take care. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. DTN reporter Todd Neely. Up next, Secretary of the National Association of Wheat Growers will talk about their concerns over some of these tax proposals. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. 
From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. And in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, as I mentioned earlier, agriculture watching closely what's going on in Washington, D.C. concerning the spending and tax proposals could have a great impact on agriculture. Let's talk about it now with Keith Felty. He is secretary of the National Association of Wheat Growers. Keith, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, so it looks like at the moment uh, stepped-up basis is protected, but it's not a done deal yet, so it's a very fluid situation. That is a the key part of all of this that you're watching, isn't it? Uh, yes, exactly. The, uh, where, where this could possibly go is uh, of great importance. When you hear the Secretary of Agriculture say keeping step-up basis doesn't protect farmers, it protects investors, what do you think when you hear the Secretary of Agriculture say that With when your group and so many in agriculture are fighting for step-up basis? Well, you know, the, the, the investor in agriculture in, in my world is... is uh, is me. I uh, I'm investing in in, in my uh, in my operation and in, in my future in in uh, my purchases of uh, of uh, of land and, and capital inputs because that is the basis of of what farming is. You know, without without the land and the the ability to uh, effectively and, and properly operate it and work it with with uh, with our equipment and technology, then then uh, we don't have uh, we don't have anything to work with. So you feel stepped up basis does protect you as a farmer? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because you know it's a it's a lifetime investment in in uh, in in your business and your operation, and uh, it's something that, that that's accumulated through through the entire process, and uh, it's not very often that you make quick leaps 
in progress as far as building an operation and sustaining it over over your lifetime. So, you know, it's it's a, it's really is a, a major factor in in the production of agriculture. So now the the latest word was it looked like stepped up bases would be protected in this, but that they would lower the exemption level on the estate tax. How do you feel about that? Well, it's it's definitely definitely a, a good thing, and, and I was glad to to uh, to see the uh, the 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 changes to the stepped up bases were were eliminated out of the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, uh, on September 15th, uh, you know, we certainly uh, want to protect everything that that we have because it, it's all important. We need every tool that that's available to us for for our long-term uh, uh, potential outcome and, and profitability and longevity of uh, of our operations and, and going forward into the future. Agriculture fought so hard to get that a state tax exemption level raised up and thought supposedly it was to be protected at that level and now they're talking about changing it taking that you know back away at least some of it uh so it's kind of a give and take um one step forward one step back almost or maybe two steps back uh, how important is that a state tax issue for you because some say well it doesn't affect that many people so it's not that big a thing why do you feel it is that important well, you know, as, as as with the way a lot of things go, you know, there there is a lot of give and take and, and, and forward and backward and and you know, that's kind of the the nature of the game. Uh, you know, it's gonna be personal for everybody, uh depending on where you are and, and where 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 your where your operation is at uh, at the time that that a possible uh, death and operation occurs, and you know any any time that you have a concern over being taxed additionally upon death, it's it's not a good it's not a good outcome. So we need to do everything we can uh, to protect uh, all of the all of the abilities that we have to to maintain the the viability of, of uh, all all of our farming operations because. Uh, it's just so critical to uh, to uh, rural America and agriculture in general that 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 we all have the ability to uh, to move forward and to to transfer our our operations and uh, keep them keep them prosperous and and, and productive for for uh, for future generations. We're talking with Keith Felty, secretary of the National Association of Wheat Growers. So now you have this possible infrastructure bill a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that would fund a lot of important infrastructure needs that agriculture has long pushed for. But the approach in Congress is now to, the only way you get that is if they passed a $3.5 trillion package that uh, could uh, raise some taxes and things like that to pay for it. So I guess my question for you, as I've been asking many in agriculture, is is it worth, are you willing to take on those tax changes in order to get uh, some funding for the infrastructure projects you want? Well, you know, infrastructure is, is critical to, uh, to everything that, that we do in agriculture, you know, from from getting our, our, our inputs onto the farm so we can can produce our products to to uh, getting our production from the farm out to the to the consumer and and even all the way through to the, the international consumer and uh, you know everything comes with with a cost and uh, you know the ability to pay for it is is something that 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 is that is necessary uh, you know there 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 are ways that we that we can go about it and uh, you know giving up uh, Things in stepped uh, uh, up basis and inheritance tax and, and those things just really uh, aren't good for the agriculture community in general. And uh, you know, it's it's not a it's not a good approach given the 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 structure and, and the way uh, the way agriculture operates. And, and agriculture operates very very well 
we're we're quite efficient at at, uh, at what we do and, and how we how we approach it because uh, of the nature of the industry. So uh, you know, we we definitely we definitely need the the infrastructure and the improvements. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, re- requiring it to be paid for by by uh, inheritance tax and and uh, elimination of uh, protections on transference, uh, those those aren't good options. Yeah, if you're taxed out of business, you're not going to be able to take advantage of the infrastructure improvements. Correct. So that's really what's at stake here, and we wait to see what happens uh, as they continue to work on this. And again, the latest word is uh, there may be a vote on the infrastructure bill next Monday, but now there's talk that it could be pushed back into October. We're talking with Keith Felty, Secretary for the National Association of Wheat Growers. Keith, uh, these issues not only important now, but they could impact impact uh, the next farm bill that is written as the baseline gets changed for agriculture. So there are many long-term implications of what they are working on right now in Washington, D.C. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. You know, you're, you're always, you're always looking, uh, always looking ahead for the next to the next farm bill and and you know in 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 that infrastructure bill there there were some 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 uh some positives that they were looking at you know uh, 18 billion for rural incentives uh uh for uh, encouraging renewable and uh energy and things like that and and uh for uh for uh real partnership growth to support uh uh you know, broadband and, and uh, some conservation programs that uh, would be of uh, benefit going forward, and and uh, you know, we're always looking, always looking for uh, what, what can be of a benefit. Yep, these are uh, big decisions that are made, and uh, some crucial decisions not only for the future, not only for the present, but for the future as well. Keith, good to talk with you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Keith Felty, Secretary of the National Association of Wheat Growers, uh, they are watching closely, as are uh, other ag groups, certainly what happens in Washington right now on these tax questions and uh, the the spending packages in general. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk markets. We're going to talk about harvest. Some rain has slowed harvest through um, parts of the Midwest, but we have some early results uh, starting to come in, kind of giving us an indication of what the the yields might be. We're going to talk with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net and get his thoughts on some uh, harvest time marketing strategies as well. So stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. When it comes to squeezing the most fuel efficiency out of every gallon of diesel fuel, there's nothing better than Diesel X Gold from FS. Modern engines are designed with more power while preventing harmful emissions. Diesel X Gold keeps them operating that way with its advanced detergent chemistry that keeps injectors operating like new and its healthy dose of cetane improver that makes sure engines start quickly and combust fuel more completely. So count on Diesel X Gold from FS. Absolutely the best fuel to power and protect diesel engines. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rawl. Soybean futures are the lone light on today's market. A few factors impacting markets, such as the congressional leadership passing a federal budget and raising the debt ceiling for grain markets. The weekly export inspections report reflected some renewed activity at the U.S. Gulf port. Total export inspections were up 35 percent compared to the prior week, with 7.9 million bushels of corn and 5.5 million bushels of soybeans inspected at New Orleans. On the Board of Trade this morning, December 
September corn trading four and a half cent lower at 517 and a fraction. The March contract down four and a fraction at 525 and a half cent. For soybeans, the November contract down a penny and a half cent at 1261. The January contract trading two cents lower at 1269 and three quarters. For wheat, Chicago wheat December down eight and a half cent at 692 and a fraction. Kansas City wheat December down seven at 693. Minneapolis spring wheat December down a nickel at 889. The March contract down three and a half cent at 878 and a half cent. Cattle futures are trading higher this morning. Hogs are falling into the red. Cash cattle did not trade on Monday as business does not seem as urgent as thought after limited trade last week. The commitment of traders report showed funds as net sellers of 21,550 contracts, bringing their net long positions to 46,043. For livestock on the Board of Trade, the October contract trading 40 cents higher at 123.17. The December contract up 50 at 128.57. For feeder cattle, October up 32 at 157 even. The November contract trading 37 cents higher at 157. In lean hogs, the October contract trading 35 cents lower at 84.62. December $1.85 lower at 72.37. In the outside markets, the Dow is up 125. The Nasdaq composite up 20. The S&P 500 up 7. The U.S. dollar index is trending lower. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rall. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility. Independence changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk harvest and markets with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. All right, Matt, you're in east central Illinois. I'm assuming you got rain over in west central Illinois where I'm at. The many places got a little over an inch of rain last night. What'd you get? Yeah, anywhere from a half inch to a little over an inch, depending on where you're at. Uh, it's a little bit spotty, but everyone got rain in this part of the world, so uh, people are going to be parked here at least uh, probably for the day. Yep, slows things down a bit, but harvest was uh, really starting to get going uh, in your area. What uh, what have you been seeing and hearing on yields? Yeah, I'd say uh, there's things are all over the board. I mean, a lot of it depends upon management, of course. You know, uh, those that didn't spray fungicide this year wasn't the year for it. I do know, I understand why someone uh, uh, wouldn't have sprayed it. Uh, you, you you hate to get too hard on people because there's been years whenever we've sprayed it and it hasn't, you know, made much of a difference. But this year wasn't one of those years. And so uh, I would say the higher managed uh, acres in my part of the world you're, you're hearing some awfully good yields. I've heard of a few folks talking about some record yields, but uh, good crop as far as corn is concerned, uh, where they weren't managed as well, of course, uh, this year, as far as this uh, situation was, definitely some issues. And so as far as soybeans are concerned, I feel like I've uh, heard a lot more producers talk about the fact that they were happy with their bean yields, uh, maybe than what I've heard uh, uh, as far as corn is concerned. But uh, regardless, uh, a lot of these beans are getting pretty dry at this stage of the game, and they're all coming at the same time. So uh, I would say that there's going to be a ton of beans cut here in the next two to three weeks. How much harvesting has been done in your area? You know, I'd say we, we've really gotten a good start. Uh, there's probably 25 to 30% uh, uh, out of the way already. Uh, there's a lot of folks that have uh, made really good progress now. Going to the elevators right now is a bit of an issue, you know, especially with a lot of folks uh, 
thickened corn that still is holding a little bit of moisture. Uh, some of this corn's gotten extremely dry. I talked to a grower uh, yesterday who was uh, picking 125 to 14% corn already, which is just incredible uh, here in September uh, at this point. But, uh, you know, it's made it a little bit slower, uh, especially if you've got a little moisture because some of these elevators are having a hard time keeping up. Yeah, I've heard the same thing uh, here in West Central Illinois as well. It seemed like it went from uh, uh, moisture levels in the low to mid-20s to, like you said, uh, low teens. It seems like it happened almost overnight. It really changed quickly. It happened very quickly. So we were picking corn up the, up until last Thursday, and then we switched over Thursday evening to cut some beans. And we were picking some corn that was around 25 26%. Uh, and so from Thursday to Monday, our corn in that particular field went all the way down to 20 to 21 percent. So we, you know, we lost four to five points in a matter of four days, which is pretty robust as far as dry downs concerned. And, you know, you've heard that from a lot of folks, I'm sure. Uh, but bottom line is, I think uh, whenever everyone gets going on on soybeans here. I'll tell you what, this corn's going to lose a ton, uh, uh, you know, of moisture. And I think what you're going to see is. Unfortunately, it's going to cost us some dry matter as well. We'll see more loss in the field, and uh, you know, whenever you let corn dry down that much, typically uh, my my experience has been you lose a little bit of dry matter as well. So uh, I think that it's going to cost the producer just a little bit, but there's not much we can do about it. We're talking with Matt Bennett with AgMarket.net. So uh, while we're starting to get these early harvest results in, what what are your thoughts on how the markets are are reacting? Was this pretty well built in, or, or what do you see as we go through this harvest, how the markets may react? You know, I would have thought we would come in on Monday with a little bit of harvest pressure. I know some folks were calling for steady to higher on Sunday night, but, uh, you know, I would have thought we'd have had some harvest pressure. But quite frankly, on Monday, the losses that we saw, I think, had a whole lot more to do with the macro issues, you know, with this mm-hmm. uh, Evergrande out of China, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge real estate uh, property uh, company, if you will, had a default on the loan over the weekend, and there's some fear that they're going to go belly up, which could have ripple effects, and you know, essentially, uh, maybe uh, I, I guess spell some uh, uh, questions, if you will, for the Chinese economy as well as the world economy. So I think the macro issues is what we started the week out with, uh, really struggling, but then we come in here on Tuesday. Even though corn uh, actually uh, handled the news fairly well on Monday, uh, here this uh, on Tuesday morning, we're really not trading very well. So, you know, we're getting back down, uh, talking about 200-day moving averages, uh, and there's certainly a little bit of concern that, uh, you know, we could uh, end up going under this 200-day moving average. If we do so, uh, you know, I'm afraid that we could see some technical selling under this, which, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out because there's a lot of folks that still think USDA is too high on corn yield. Uh, as far as the national yield is concerned, and I think I would have to agree with that assessment. Uh, but, you know, as far as uh, uh, how the market's going to trade, uh, if you get under that moving average, there's no doubt there's going to be a little bit of a, a selling underneath it uh, from some people at least. Yeah, that uh, discrepancy on, on people's opinions on the size of this crop, oh, along with what USDA thinks, uh, that's going to take some time to play out. I mean, we'll be pat, way past harvest before we find, get some final numbers on that. So the, the debate's going to continue for a while. It will. I think, you know, the way that I see it right now, uh, you get north of where you're at, Mike, and there's a lot of folks in western Illinois talking about, uh, you know, a lot of disease issues. Now, I think where you're at in south, there's some awfully good corn that I've been hearing about. Uh, but then you get north of there, and there's folks that were expecting, uh, you know, a 250 bushel yield and struggling to see 200 uh, because of anthracnose tar spots been the one that's gotten the most press. You know, but then a lot of us uh, have a fair amount of nitrogen loss, I'm assuming, again this year because uh, some areas had extremely uh, uh, big rain totals in the, in the spring once again. So, uh, you know, I think that this crop's got a little more uh, issues than what maybe we thought heading into harvest. Uh, it would appear to me that Illinois is too high on the state yield, whereas I was probably a little too low. So, you know, I'm not one that thinks that we're wildly too high on national corn yield, but I can see us coming down a bushel, uh, you know, maybe even a little more than that. But as far as soybeans are concerned, and I'm not so sure that the bean, bean crop's not going to grow. I feel like a lot of producers we've been hearing from, boy, they're talking really good bean yields, and, you know, August was certainly conducive. Uh, to a big bean crop. So I've got to think that maybe uh, we're heading in two different directions here. 
That'll be interesting. Uh, you mentioned the situation with China. The the outside pressures and factors may move these markets more than uh, the harvest results. Yeah, absolutely. So you came in here yesterday, and uh, obviously the uh, the Dow was absolutely getting hammered. You know, we're still trading under thirty four thousand a day, even though we're trying to rally just a little bit. Uh, crude oil under seventy dollars again, and of course yesterday the dollar was rallying uh, at least a little bit, and so. You know, the outside market influences uh, certainly were doing nothing to help our commodity markets. But, but at the same time, uh, you know, you've got to think that you're in a harvest time frame. You really need a little bit of help from outside market influences because we know there's going to be a fair amount of hedge pressure. And even if the crop isn't enormous, we know there's available supply. So uh, this market uh, in, in this uh, elevator system throughout the country was thirsty for bushels. Uh, I've got to think that this quarterly stocks report next week could be very interesting uh, to see just how tight we were on corn supply because I'll tell you what, you talk to originators throughout the corn belt, not many of them had any corn at all. So that leads usually to aggressive uh, bidding and buying, right? Well, yeah. So basically the, the basis over the last several days you know, really eroded. And so, uh, you know, it's just a function of bushels finally showing up. But, you know, at the same time, I think we've seen a little bit. Actually, this morning we've seen in a couple of places in Iowa the basis improved a fair amount. And so what we're hearing from some originators is a little bit of angst uh, that once producers head to beans, uh, you know, they're not going to see any corn showing up. And they haven't really got the pump primed yet. So uh, they want bushels of corn, and I think that they're going to go out there and aggressively try to get them. Meanwhile, it sounds like they're getting some moisture in South America for their planting. Yes, and, you know, that's the thing that, you know, if they do get enough moisture, there's no question that uh, that takes a little bit of pressure off. I've thought all along that, uh, you know, if you would end up seeing uh, another uh, La Nina develop that had really any merit to it, uh, that there's no question we would see a fair amount of rally, you know, especially in this corn market because the safrina crop might get planted late. But at this point, it looks like the La Nina is developing, but it really hasn't taken complete hold yet. And so uh, they're getting enough rain that I think they're going to get started. They usually start around the 15th of September. It sounds to me like a lot of them are going to be rolling maybe a little bit later than what they'd like to, but certainly nothing like we saw a year ago. Matt, as you talk to farmers, where are they on their marketing? Did they sell a lot uh, already, or are they holding on to see what the, these markets do? I think there's a lot of producers that came into this fall a little more heavily sold than what they've been the last several years. You know, especially you know in our part of the world, we see a lot of producers that basically got a good uh, rainfall situation over the summer, and the markets were strong, and so. I think that uh, hedging was a little more active this year than what we'd seen for a while. Now, one of the biggest questions I continue to get is, why would I haul corn in and, and store it, uh, you know, if we're already looking at $5 plus corn or soybeans over uh, $12, you know, $12.65 here this morning, you know, why would I store these? And that's a great question. And if you're looking at above APH yields, there's nothing wrong whatsoever with just uh, spotting it across the scale. You know, if you want to keep ownership, there's so many different ways to do it. But I do think the producers are a lot more aggressively sold this year than what they've been for a while. And I think that uh, their biggest question now is what they're going to do with the overrun. All right, Matt. Thanks a lot. Always good to talk with you. Have a safe harvest. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, bud. Take care. Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. Well, the National Biodiesel Board is uh, requesting a, a conversation with EPA Administrator Michael Regan. They want to talk with him about the benefits of biodiesel and it can, how it can help meet these climate goals the administration is setting. We'll find out if they've heard back from the administrator or not and what is the message and what are some of the details they want to share with him. We'll talk about that next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. 
Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 54. So, basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going... <laughs> hey, listen, it's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. When you choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, you're putting proven yield advantage to work in your fields. Extend Flex soybeans offer elite genetics built on the proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. In fact, farmers saw a four bushel per acre advantage and a 70% average win rate over Enlist E3 soybeans in 2020 germplasm trials. The Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Always follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. This is Around the Table, where we explore the benefits of cooperative ownership. And today, we're talking about how cooperatives give back to their local communities. Talking today with Jesse Hedrick, who leads the CHS Stewardship Team. What makes you optimistic about the future of rural America? There's a special cooperative spirit that I think um, exists in rural America. It's a fierce sense of pride and there's a sense of resiliency that's really unique to rural America and our rural communities. And when I think about your question of the future of rural America, I think of the next generation and how they tend to be so very community-minded and focused on making the world a better place. Specifically, I think of, of groups like the FFA. Um, in recent months, we've had the opportunity to work with our cooperative owners to support a variety of efforts that have been truly student-led by FFA members, all focused on lending a hand and helping others during the pandemic and, again, just being there to help the world um, be a better place. There was one student group in Wisconsin who, you know, on their own accord, they, um, they came up with the idea of holding pop-up food pantries to help those in their community dealing with local um, food insecurity and just struggling to put food on the table. And then there were a couple other FFA chapters that came up with the idea to set up some campaigns to help raise awareness for the struggling dairy industry. Um, so they came together and they distributed educational materials as well as a variety of dairy products um, that they then put through the school lunch program. These are just now a couple examples of many, um, just truly good examples, I think, of young leaders stepping up to make a difference and helping others. It's pretty inspiring. Jesse, thanks for joining us. That's Jesse Hedrick, who leads the CHS Stewardship Team. Thanks for joining us around the table. Be sure to learn more about the benefits of co-op ownership from CHS at cooperativeownership.com.
Cenex.com. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, the biofuels industry continues to try to get its message across to the administration that they can play a part, a big part, in helping meet these climate goals that they're setting right now. It's not an industry that has to wait to be developed. It's here now and available and ready to go. The National Biodiesel Board has uh, requested a conversation with uh, EPA Administrator Michael Regan to talk about it. Joining us now from the National Biodiesel Board is Paul Winters. Paul, thanks for joining us. Any response from the EPA Administrator about your request? Uh, No, we have not received a response yet. Uh, Our more recent letter followed a, a May request for a meeting. And uh, we never uh, got the meeting we asked for in May. So uh, our latest letter is, is kind of a renewal of our request for a meeting. So you've asked twice to meet with the administrator and still no response. If you get a chance to talk with him, uh, what are the points and what is your message going to be? Well, our main message here is that uh, biodiesel can provide a solution to some of the uh areas of focus for EPA, uh, particularly when uh, they're looking at the problems associated with climate change and with poor air quality. So uh, our request for this meeting uh, follows EPA's release of a a new study where they looked at the health risks for uh, many disadvantaged communities uh, that come from poor air quality and from climate change. Uh, Those risks uh, include increased asthma rates and, and lost work opportunities, uh, but their study only looked at the problem. It didn't really look at solutions. Uh, so we want to make sure that uh, EPA Administrator Regan is aware of a study that uh, we helped launch earlier this year. Uh, the study is from Trinity Consultants, uh, you know, a well-known uh, environmental uh, consultant group in California. And that, uh, that study used EPA's own models to, to quantify uh, the benefits in air quality and in health outcomes that can be achieved by switching from petroleum diesel to biodiesel. The lack of response from EPA, what do you make of that? Uh, are they, do you think they're saying, yeah, we already know what you're going to tell us, or that they're looking elsewhere, maybe not giving uh, the biodiesel industry uh, full credit for what you can do uh, to meet these goals? Uh, how do you interpret this lack of response? Well, we, we do know the EPA administrator is busy traveling this week. Um, we are looking for a, a chance to meet him, for a chance to introduce him to our members, to uh, get to know biodiesel producers and to understand that, uh, you know, our goals are consistent with uh, his goals for EPA. EPA keeps saying that agriculture has a seat at the table on on these decisions that are being made. Do you feel you have that seat? I feel uh, we could be uh, making a bigger impact on the areas of concern for uh, EPA in, in addressing climate change and addressing uh, health outcomes for communities that are affected by poor air quality. Uh, I think we have a great story to tell, and we need the opportunity to tell it. Yeah, it the, it's a feeling, seems to be, that this, the administration is looking elsewhere. And not that biofuels are the sole answer to reaching these climate goals, but certainly could be a big part of the answer. And and the immediate uh, answer right now, as we said earlier, it's not something that has to be developed. You've got it right here ready to go. Does it just seem or feel like they're looking elsewhere more than they are at biofuels? Uh, it certainly can feel that way. And, uh, you know, the... Um, the administration is promoting 
technologies that can address climate change. Uh, and you you are right, Mike. We have a, a technology and a solution that is available today that is achieving re- results today in reducing carbon emissions in improving air quality. And, you know, we want uh, EPA to, to have a stronger acknowledgement of that and to uh, support uh, more biofuel volumes in the marketplace. Yeah, some kind of a, an announcement saying basically we're going to use what we have now, the biofuels industry, and that will help us get to other uh, other energy sources, whether it be electric or whatever, down the road, but we're going to use what we have right now. A statement like that would certainly go a long ways to, to not only helping the climate situation, but also uh, help uh, boost the, the, the domestic biofuels industry. Yeah, certainly making the most of, of the solutions that are available today has a stronger payoff in the future uh, because once uh, carbon is emitted into the atmosphere, it stays there for, for more than 20 years. And uh, it takes a long time to, to recycle that back into plant growth and, and other things. But uh, cutting carbon emissions today and preventing the emission of carbon today has a, has a, a very big payoff uh, down the road. All right, Paul. Well, hopefully you'll get the chance uh, to talk with the uh, administrator soon about this important issue, and we'll look forward to talking with you when we hear back. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. All right. Paul Winters with the National Biodiesel Board. Again, they've requested a couple times to meet with the EPA administrator to talk about uh, these issues and uh, what uh, the biofuels, what in this case the biodiesel industry can offer as help for solutions for reaching these climate goals and addressing climate issues. But as of yet, they have not uh, heard back from EPA on that. We'll continue to watch that. Frustrating. All right, coming up tomorrow, we'll get the latest ag equipment sales numbers. We'll talk more about both the general economy and the commodity markets. And we'll uh, keep you updated on these tax and spending bills being worked on in Washington, D.C. Thanks again for being with us. Let's have a safe harvest season, everyone. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique original content to their website at dtnpf.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit dtnpf.com today. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at adspipe.com.